When God's people were slaves in Egypt, God goes to war with Pharaoh to free them. And he sends an army of grasshoppers, which looks more intimidating than it sounds, especially when they come in to eat all the crops and all your food. And then God comes in and kills the cows. He turns the river to blood. He blocks the sun out for days. But still Pharaoh refuses to let God's people go. So finally, God sends an angel wrapped in darkness. This angel visits every house, every tent, every palace in Egypt, and everywhere it goes, it kills the firstborn son. But God sent a message to his people. If they were loyal to him, they should kill a lamb and smear the blood on the doorframe, lock the doors, close the windows, and when the angel comes and sees the door with this blood on the frame, it will know that the house is loyal to God and it will pass over it. And that night becomes known as the Passover because the angel did come and passed over those who were faithful to God. But did you ever notice in that story that God does not tell the angel to go look into the people's hearts? And if they believe in him, if they are following him, then the angel should leave that person alone. The angel does not go house to house peering into the hearts of all of the Israelite people. All the angel does is come to look at the doorframe. God gives his people this gesture. Kill a lamb, smear the doorframe with its blood, and the angel will pass you by. That's weird, right? It's this gesture, but the angel of death doesn't come in peering into the hearts of individual people. So I think, then, we have to assume that the gesture is the most important part. Because the gesture itself doesn't just show what's in your heart. The gesture decides what's in your heart. The gesture is the moment where you choose your faith. Brian and I were watching the show, and one of the characters is an emergency response doctor. So they fly him to war zones around the world to save lives while the bullets are still flying overhead. He comes to home and he spends time with his wife and daughter, but then he flies off again. He has been gone so often, for so long, in such dangerous situations, that there is this strain on his relationship with his family. He is losing his family to the job, so he says he's done with the mission. He's going to stay home. And he meant it. But then he gets a call. There's a new conflict and new doctors are needed to save lives and they're needed right now. And in this moment, it's a gesture. He does love his family. He meant it when he said that they were first. But now there's a choice. Either option requires sacrifice here. One sacrifices his family and his safety. The other sacrifices this call he feels he has to be where he's needed. And in that moment... What he decides reveals his heart. What he decides determines what is in his heart. If he chooses his family, he's put that into his heart. But if he chooses this mission, then he puts that into his heart. It's that moment, the gesture, the actual decision he makes when he chooses what he will sacrifice. 
Because the angel doesn't go person by person looking into everybody's hearts because the gesture, the blood on the door was a public declaration of faith. It's what determines whether or not they are putting their faith in God. Faithfulness to God isn't just something that is in our hearts. It's a decision. Faithfulness to God isn't just something that is in our hearts. It's a decision. The gesture is faithfulness. The sacrifice in Leviticus is called the sin offering. We make an offering because we sin. It's really that simple. That's how the Israelites lived. But the sin offering is extra important because once a year, once a year, the priest has to make a sin offering to cleanse all the people of all of their sins. So everybody gets a clean slate. And that day is known as the Day of Atonement. Sin offering and the Day of Atonement, they are both gestures Because right away, I want us to get away from this idea that sacrifice is magic. That this whole thing is superstitious. It's not. The lamb's blood wasn't magic on Passover. It was a gesture. The sin offerings all throughout the Old Testament, that sacrifice is not magic. It doesn't magically cure sins, but it is a gesture. So after you sinned in Leviticus, you made a sacrifice. It wasn't magic. In one sense, it didn't really do much at all. It was just a series of gestures, but it also wasn't optional because the gestures were the point. And then you have this day of atonement, the day where everybody stands cleansed from all their sins, this one day that was set aside where the priest confessed all the sins of all the people onto the head of a goat, And the goat was sacrificed, and one goat was led off into the wilderness. A gesture, a weird gesture to show the wiping away of all sin. There was this church in England, a normal church, good people, good church, good worship, small town, the kind of town where everyone knew everyone else's business might sound rather familiar. This church had one member. Some nights he'd wander down to the pub. He would stay there too long and he'd have too much. Then he'd stumble his way home, singing loudly, making rude comments at people that were passing by. Sometimes he'd be found sleeping on the curb or block from his house. And his church began to feel ashamed of him. So they made sure that he felt ashamed too. clean yourself up. You're an embarrassment. You made a right fool of yourself last night again. What they didn't know about this man were the times that this man tried to stay home. This secret struggle that he had, but the more alone he felt, the more ashamed, the more embarrassed, the more he couldn't stop himself. So this war happened inside of himself, but the only thing that people could see were his failures. One day, on a remarkable day, he raised his hand during church. They were as Anglican as could be, so this was very out of the ordinary. But the priest paused, and the man asked, Can I say something? The priest didn't really know what to do. He didn't know how to say no, so he nodded and stepped back. And as the man slowly walked to the front of the church, 
no one in that church even breathed, including the man that was coming forward. He got to the front, turned around, head down, shoved his hands into his pocket, looked up and said, listen, I've messed up. I know it. I'm owning it. I get so lonely at night, and I know I deal with it all wrong, but today I'm leaving that behind. And that's all I've got. With that, his head fell back down, and he started to walk back down towards his seat. But on the way, the most stoic Englishwoman you can imagine, a pillar of morality, didn't listen to the devil's music like the Beatles or have fun on Sundays, stepped out in front of him all of five feet tall, blocked his path, and hugged him. And as she hugged him, he collapsed into tears. What we learn from Leviticus is that when we sin, we are to admit our sin. It's not magic. It's not superstitious. It's a gesture. It's a chance for the sinner, for you and for me, to stand up and say to the people we love the most, listen. I've messed up, and today I'm owning it. Because as soon as that man names that situation, it ceases to be this unbeatable, mysterious thing. It becomes this one particular thing, just this thing. And just this thing can change. Believe me. I am literally in the line of redemption. That's what I do day in and day out. And just this thing, once named, once confessed to the very people you love, it can change. I'm not my sin. You aren't either. Confession isn't magic. It's a gesture. We confess. We put our sin in front of a community so we can stand together against that sin. Because confession should not cause shame. It should remove shame. When God was at war with Pharaoh in the Old Testament, he didn't send the angel to peer into each person's heart. He gave his people a gesture to make. Lamb's blood on the doorframe. Then the angel passed over them. In Leviticus, there was a day every year dedicated to the cleansing of all sin. It was called the Day of Atonement. And on this day, the priest would take two goats. One he would kill as an offering, and part of that sacrificed goat the priest would eat. He would eat the sins of the people. Why? Because as the people saw that, they saw that even the nastiest of sins could be turned into life. But the second goat, the second goat would be driven out of the city, loaded with the sins of the people. They would drive it out of the city and into the wilderness. This isn't magic. It was a gesture. It was a day where the people of God stood still. They were quiet. They didn't work. They heaped their sins on a goat, banished it to the wilderness, and all the people were cleansed of sin. When Jesus comes onto the scene, he tells his followers that they no longer need to bring a goat as a sin offering. 
Not because the gesture doesn't matter anymore, but because there will be a new way to remove the sins from all the people. So after the Passover meal that Jesus had with his closest friends, with his disciples, Jesus himself was covered with the sins of all the people. Yours and mine, too. He was blamed for all our problems, accused of every sin and mistake we've ever made. So the people called for him to be killed. They marched him through the streets in a twisted parade, led him outside the city to the wilderness because the sins of the people have to be driven out of the community. And so on the Passover, driven outside of the city, covered in the sins of the world, Jesus called out, Father, forgive them. And then he died paying the price for our sins. God himself became the sacrifice, a new day of atonement, a day once and for all, a gesture so grand that Christianity is still known as a religion of the cross. I don't know what sins you have, but I know the ones I do. And I know the ways they plague me. And I know the ways they war inside myself. And I know the ways it is so hard to defeat them. Which is why we have a gesture. We come every Sunday morning. We stand together during our confession. And we proclaim the sins that we have. We say them out loud and within the community. So God can start bringing people together. Instead of dividing us further and further and further apart. It's not magic. It's a gesture. And on the new day of atonement, all the people are cleansed of sin. We are all cleansed of sin. We are all cleansed of sin. We are all cleansed of sin. So go out. And smear Jesus' blood on your doorframe. Drive out the sins and declare that by his blood we are clean. Let us pray. Lord, we admit that we have sinned. We have fallen short and day after day after day we make mistakes. But Lord, we also stand here reading your scripture and understanding that you have come on this new day of atonement to take away all sins from all people once and for all time. So give us the courage to confess our sins, to admit those things we do wrong. Lord, especially to those we love the most. And as we do, Lord, help us to feel the freedom that you give us the freedom of being cleansed of all sin and standing together as one people. Today, Lord, cleanse us of our sins and make us new. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.